0: Hello, and welcome to episode three of the D50 Shades of D&D podcast. I am Todd, and I'm here with my co-host, James. Hey, everybody. And Rick. Hello. And today, we are going to be discussing the D&D Essentials Kit. But before that, I'd like to say a few things about how we're recording today's podcast a little differently. As you may probably know, there's a little bit of a global pandemic going on. So we are practicing safe social distancing and actually recording our Zoom meeting uh, and we'll see how it goes. So the sound quality will definitely be different. Hopefully it will still be listenable. So, uh, I'm going to hand it over to James because he was our dungeon master for our play test. And he's going to tell you a bit about what we did. Yeah.
1: So, uh, the D and D essentials kit, uh, for fifth edition Dungeons and Dragons is a old, is a, is a box set, uh, that harkens back to some of the older school roots of uh, Dungeons and Dragons box sets. Uh, And we decided to, uh, when we decided to tackle this episode, we wanted to run part of the adventure that comes with the box set. And uh, so we decided to do the most interesting and fun parts of the adventure, uh, which for us uh, was uh, running the characters at the max level that the box set goes up to, which is sixth level. And uh we picked two fights uh two two encounters, I should say, uh to run. Uh, one of them was uh an encounter that happens a little out of the way in the adventure at a chapel that involves several ogres uh and several orcs and uh that went fairly well there There was some um some combat that got tense for a second. Um, Rick's fighter, I believe, went down at some point. Uh, but no,
2: party, I think no. Todd's, Todd's oh. Wizard went down. Yeah, that's right. Yeah.
0: That's right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, James, let, let's take a minute to talk about this. Is the uh not only the first podcast we haven't recorded in person Yeah, uh, at the Luxurious Gateway Game Studios, uh, but we also did the playtest. Online, so let, let's talk about yeah. how we did that, and uh, maybe do a little side tangent on sure. So, so online prior to
1: prior to the global pandemic, uh, I had ran some games over the internet, mostly over Hangouts, uh, and uh, I play in a Sunday morning game with uh, Adam Miscavige from Metal Gods, and yeah, Adam. Team.
2: Yeah. name dropping.
1: Yeah. We're good at that. Uh, no, yeah. yeah, that's a good. One. Yeah, you should check check out Drink Spin Run and uh I hope I hope that comes back. Um but were
2: not uh, you on that show uh uh there Todd? I
0: was the least memorable guest ever on the <laughs> Drink Spin Run podcast.
1: Yeah, what what, what are you drinking, Todd?
0: uh
1: (laughs) (laughs) let's see uh what are you spinning
0: uh i was listening to the rolling stones at the time all right
1: and and what we're running today is uh fifth edition actually so all right uh get that out of the way uh no but yeah i had i had ran games over uh the internet before but i know that's that's not the case for
2: all of us right Oh, no. I I I don't know how much I had run, but I definitely had played. Uh, I think I played in a game on the Internet more than 10 years ago. Really? Nice. Yeah. Wow. With uh, with. Uh, oh, gosh. Raphael Chandler, the guy that did. Uh, Dread, the first Dread game, not the, uh, not the, uh, not the Jenga Dread game, but the original game (laughs) called Dread, um, way back when me and Anthony Holberg, there's some name dropping right there. We played in, uh, an online game with him, uh, and that's been 10 years or more. I was still living in Fort Thomas at the time, uh, which means nothing to our listening audience, but, uh, I, I've been with my current girlfriend and been living with her for 10 years or more. So, uh, yeah that was uh maybe as much as 12 years ago wow nice
0: and now you're like the online game king right
2: uh well you know <laughs> i i know a lot of people do it a lot fancier than i do and they work in like roll 20 and uh yeah all that you know gigas and and bits and bobs and so forth and i just i just like it with uh zoom just uh Uh, I trust uh, the players to roll their dice and tell me what they get. We don't have to, I I can share an image so I can show them like the map was like, you're here and that kind of thing. They can draw on it. I can draw on it. It's all we need.
0: Yeah. Yeah. So I had never played an online game until I started running uh, since the pandemic started. I've started running three of my games, uh, Advanced Dungeons and Dragons, first edition, Castles and Crusades, and a fifth edition game. Uh, And I use... I'm in two of the three. Yeah. And and basically, I I just use Zoom. I don't use any Roll20, but I do add my cell phone as an action cam so I can put miniatures on a battle mat if I have to. That is cool. That's the fanciest thing I do. That's the next
2: best thing to be in there.
0: And, and sometimes my phone falls and you get a good action shot of <laughs> some awesome. crazy plunge.
2: Yeah, rock uh, squall. Everybody does. Yeah, yes, exactly. So,
0: but, but it's been working pretty well. A lot of people that had never played online before, we, we're now playing online regularly. And we could yep. probably do a whole series of podcasts on how that's going to change the
2: world of gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing I had not done, I had not attended uh, an online convention, an online gaming convention, and yeah, now yeah. got one under my belt and a second one that's coming up here in uh, you know later this what in two weeks yeah, uh, yeah. DCC days is uh, two weekends from now.
1: Nice, yeah, DC. I'm excited about DCC days. I, I need to actually. I I'm really bad about signing up for games. Uh, I that hate- starts
2: that starts tomorrow. By the way.
1: Okay, good to know. Yeah, I'm bad at schedule. I hate being held to a schedule, and uh, yeah, so that that part's no fun for me. But I'll, I'll I'll definitely try to jump into some games. James is the chaotic neutral member of our party. That's that's <laughs> pretty accurate. Uh, yeah, so like as as much just horrible horrible stuff there is going on in the world, I guess the one bright spot. Uh, for me and 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 I guess several others now is that uh, it's it's a great time for remote gaming and um, I found myself actually in a situation where I had a Dungeons and Dragons game in some form every night of the week. Uh, yep. So um, yeah, pace yourself out there. Uh, you know, make sure to carry extra health potions.
0: So we should encourage uh, any of our four listeners to write in and let us know what kind of online gaming that they're doing. Well, I know
2: Corey is, uh, Corey's running two games for, uh, for DCC days. And I know it was not like, uh, I don't think he cares for it, but he understands that, you know, uh, he wants to support Goodman games and he wants to support the hobby, support the game that he loves. So, uh, I know that, uh, he's one of our listeners and he's almost, he's the only person that's written into us. So hopefully we'll hear from him about this.
1: I just kind of figured all four of them were in the same game together. Um, yeah, probably. So, so back to D essentials for, for a second, uh, <laughs> back to the main topic. for a second. Yeah. For, and then we can, you know, we can <laughs> go back to the, the main event, which is tangents. Uh, but, <laughs> Uh so yeah running D&D essentials I I felt like it went really well but maybe it'd be a good I- good idea to talk about like uh what characters you all were playing um and uh maybe a li- since 5th edition is all about the backgrounds maybe a little bit uh of detail about your
2: character. Oh but- Dang, I didn't know we were going to talk about backgrounds. Did, did I not just, <laughs> what, what, just what you remember.
1: <laughs>
2: I do not have a two-page backstory to share about my okay. uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know if I came up with a name, uh, but I played a uh, – what do they call it in 5th edition? Is it a fighter or a warrior? Uh, it's fighter, yeah. Okay, I played, uh, I played a fighter, and I believe you had chosen the uh, arcane – War- Arcane Knight, uh, Eldritch, Arcan- Knight. Eldritch Knight Knight. Uh, yeah. because the other choice was the champion. And the champion was basically, okay, so you get to crit at like 19 and 20 instead of 20, which, you know, not trying to look down my nose at it, but the other one offered more options. So we went with that. And, um, uh, I found that it was, you know, it's not my favorite iteration of the fighter or the warrior, uh, across um, all the different shades of of D and D, but uh, I enjoyed it. Uh, I felt that I was an effective and uh, a an equal part of the party. It wasn't just like delaying things until the wizard could like save the day or whatever. Um, I enjoyed it,
1: and I I thought it was cool. Uh, you know, I I kind of we we found some things about the Eldritch Knight, that, you know, was was maybe a little suboptimal here and there, uh, but uh I thought it was and, cool that you could play a spellcasting fighter in a beginner's box set. Like, if you wanted to play Elric, Elric of Manibidne, they had an option for you, you know?
2: Yeah, I, uh, I I appreciate the fact that there's some suboptimal aspects to it, because I think that that was one thing that, I did not like about fourth edition was they took all the suboptimal choices out of there. So it just felt like everybody had to like, it was all binary choices. Do you want A or B? Okay. So you want B now? Do you want sub A or sub B? And I, I didn't like that. Sometimes I like making the, you know, that's how we learn. That's how we distinguish our characters. That's how, you know, sometimes their flaws make them more interesting. Um, and suboptimal choices can be flaws. I don't think that's uh, breaking news.
1: And uh, Todd, you played a wizard or?
0: Yeah, I, I was a wizard. I was an evoker. Uh, I kind of stepped away from the normal traditional class race combo and went with a halfling uh, wizard since since we had such a small party that at least gave me some... Uh, stealthy skills i could yeah sneak around with we we had no rogue uh we did use the sidekick uh spell casting cleric yeah uh,
2: i do like the sidekick rules i think that's uh one of the things that you know i would consider best about the fifth edition essential or just now did that debut in the essentials kit
1: it did debut in the essentials okay, kit yeah, then,
2: then that is there's already multiple reasons, uh, and you know spoiler alert, I liked it. Uh, you know, when we sum up at the end, I'm going to bring it up again, but uh, I really did like the sidekick rules, and uh, uh, I liked the fact that that would have that would have helped a lot of my games back way back when Whoa. when I was working out of uh,
0: I think you was know, a very
2: different box set.
0: yeah, I think and it was not the
2: red box. it was before that.
0: <laughs> okay, boomer.
1: Okay, Boomer. Uh, no, I, th- I think the sidekick rules are fantastic. Uh, you know, the, the box says for two to six players, which is interesting because that was exactly my experience, was me and my mom playing Dungeons and & Dragons. And uh, I think the sidekick rules would have helped, helped it, my mom out. I, it would have been harder for me to TPK.
0: Yeah, I was going to uh, say, if she would have had a sidekick or two, yeah. you may have not have TPK'd her. That's
1: right. Hashtag
2: TPK your mom.
1: Which would have been great, because it would have meant I probably would have gotten to play Dungeons & Dragons more
0: than, like, twice. And, uh, and maybe so, she would still be playing with us.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. My mom would be here still today, if, if, it were, if uh, Sidekick.
0: Was she, <laughs> maybe she would be the uh, co-host of the D50 Shades <laughs> of D&D podcast, the, instead of, you know, uh, her spawn.
1: See see Todd you you've created now an alternate universe. Uh,
2: <laughs> and I can guarantee you we'd have more than four listeners. That's I'm
1: not I'm not sure. I, I I can tell I can tell you for sure that uh my mom uh bless her heart uh uh we would have definitely had to put a content warning on uh <laughs> See Uh, so, so yeah, you, you played a halfling wizard and, uh, for the, for the kind of sneaky bonus and you guys, you put that to use pretty right away. Uh, you all came up to a large chapel that, uh, you had seen early on, made a good perception check that there was, uh, an orc up in the Belfry Tower. And so you all did the old school thing and, you know, uh, kept the cleric at the tree line, disposed of your light sources well, and snuck up Well, I think
2: Todd there. determined that he could make up to two of us invisible. So, yeah, we chose That's to right. leave the cleric behind, and uh, the two of us snuck up um, undetected uh, until I think at one point you had me make a, some sort of stealth roll, and I failed it horribly.
0: It it's still uh, devolved into a typical D&D <laughs> free-for-all. but Oh, yeah. Hey, we done our best to sneak up there yeah yeah uh, I, I I think uh, the fact that you all
1: dropped a, a fireball um, it, it's important to mention you all were at six level, so you you were you were throwing around some potent magic uh, you dropped a, a well-placed fireball very early in the fight that really set set the pace
2: that was definitely my first experience with a fireball that could where you know the caster could pick and choose targets like we could drop the fireball right at our feet and I didn't have to worry about like being, you know, charged to Chris crisp. Yeah. Which, that, was
1: the, that was the invoker. Uh, um, evoker.
0: Yeah. The evoker perk. Right. Which I'm not sure, you know, I have mixed feelings about that. I, I right. like.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Consider my feelings mixed as well.
0: Yeah. I, I like mishaps, but mm-hmm. it, it is fun to, drop a fireball into the middle of the fray that your fighter is in and not, you know, uh, make him get, angry get, at you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> Mixing up your firing solutions can be problematic and yeah. and also dramatic and fun. Yeah, I, I agree that it's, it's, a, it's a really nice perk, right? Um, but it does kind of take some of the danger uh, out of magic, which... You know, magic should always be dangerous, for sure. Uh, but yeah, the, I, I thought that first combat went really well. There was, uh, I think, four four ogres uh, and then like 11 orcs, yeah. um, which was a, a, a pretty tough
0: encounter, actually. I, I felt... Well, by sneaking in, we, we didn't have to fight them all at once. So Yeah, yeah. Uh, and contrary to what most people say... Uh, if you look really close at the rules, it can actually be a lot more deadly than a lot of people seem to think yeah fifth edition d and d is, especially I, at lower levels
1: I think people like to one like to rag on things, and um, you know us grognards are are definitely guilty of. Uh, you know, telling the I used to walk uphill both ways. Uh, you know, uh, barefooted in my in my back in my edition, right? Um, but yeah, fifth edition um, so far. So the essentials kit was the first time I ran fifth edition. Uh, first off, and uh, I I had such a good time running it for you all. Um, so when some friends of mine asked to run a game. On Tuesday nights, I um, I decide what the heck I'll, I'll start off with uh, D D fifth ed. And uh, to your point about lethality, we lost a we lost a character on the second um, second time we played. So um, rolling a one on a death save uh, speeds up that process really quick. Well, and then but, the next night, they had their brain devoured by a, an intellect devourer. So nice, nice.
0: <laughs> you know the, the the massive damage rule oftentimes gets overlooked. Uh, a first level character, you know, might start with ten or twelve hit points. If at any time a blow deals enough to take you a negative of your maximum hit point level. Uh, You're dead. There are no death saves. And an orc in 5th edition D&D with a crit has the potential to do 27 points of damage. Yep. So 5th edition actually is capable of being fairly lethal. It's, It's just... A lot of stuff gets overlooked and hand
2: waved. Yeah, everybody likes to talk about how the characters are so much more durable and survivable, and the you know the characters are so much more powerful. But nobody mentions that you know the other end of that is that the monsters are far tougher too. So I yeah. found that I, it was challenging. I mean, uh, um, yeah. At no point did I think that this oh, this is a cakewalk. You know, this is, like, I can just, like, uh, half-ass walk through this. No, it was, we had to, like, pool our resources. We had to play smart. We had to, like, make the rules. You know, I had a good time.
0: And and at the end of the encounter with the dragon, uh, our sidekick cleric. Oh, spoiler alert. Oh. (laughs) Well. (laughs)
2: what a game called Dungeons and Dragons <laughs> yeah. and dragon and a...
0: after our final encounter the cleric I do believe was dead and I was making death saves yeah and you missed,
1: you missed the mass damage by two I believe yeah
0: yeah and <laughs> uh, Rick was standing victorious
2: well I mean helpful that you uh, you gave me that dragon and that's, that's another thing I'll mention mm. I, I like I like a magic item that feels like a magic item, like a plus one sword. It just, okay. Maybe it's just after what, you know, 40, 40 years or more of playing the game, a plus one Mm -hmm. sword has kind of lost its mystique. But when you gave me like that dragon slayer sword and it's deal was against dragons, it does an additional plus three D six of damage. Yeah. That felt like a magic item you know yeah. that and it was i think key to the fact that we were able to be victorious was getting in a couple good licks with that sword against that dragon Spoiler. yeah
1: yeah i mean <laughs> this is uh this is another side topic but uh i i don't mind spoilers of adventures in podcasts like if i know the podcast is talking about that adventure i assume there's going to be spoilers well, i'm probably look, listening cuz i want to know what
2: happens <laughs> Look at the cover of the Essentials Kit, and <laughs> I mean, that's yeah. exactly what we had to do. I mean, it's so it's, it's you
1: know, uh, good point, good point. Yeah. yeah, but but point taken that this is one of the, the few the adventure, additions.
2: The venture, the adventure is called
1: uh, Ice Spire Peak, right? No, uh, no, uh, no, no, Dr- Dragon of Ice Spire Peak.
2: <laughs> okay, well, so. If, if that's a spoiler, then, you know, okay, there you go. I so, it for you. So, if There's we have. A dragon and the adventure called Dragon of Ice Peak. Here,
0: I'm going to go out on a limb and say, anyone, any of our four to six listeners
2: that uh, uh, this. get ad- crazy. Now, his mom is not with us, so it's just four. I mean, <laughs> okay. now, his mom was with us. <laughs> Good he'll point. We'd be, be in that lofty six six listener category. Yeah,
1: six to ten.
2: Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, did you throw out
0: double digits? Double no.
1: Digits. I, I I just know like when you're trying to pad your numbers, it's always like the <laughs> number it actually is to yeah. some some number
0: slightly higher. So let's let's Ooh. let's aim for that six to ten. Well, you know, if we count all three of my downloads, there you go. There you go. So <laughs> you go. if you. Personally walk up to me at GaryCon and say, Todd, your podcast spoiled this adventure for me. I will do my best to try to get Rick or James to buy you a beer. <laughs> so, <laughs> on, uh, I, I on, will put in the effort. On free spotted cow
1: night, I will be right. my cup. How about oh, that? Oh, that's first, very generous. First very generous. come, first serve. Uh, so so yeah, the the dragon and fight I'll
2: be I'll be like Todd Todd who, <laughs> yeah. <that's>,
0: so <laughs> never, we can't actually never. promise the Uh, we are we're, we're facing a very tight budget with a podcast. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's a uh,
1: pandemic. Uh, you know, is really cut into our marketing budget for sure. Yeah,
0: although it seems like uh, that would boost the listens, but. But here we are <laughs> we, we, we we just gotta spin it, however it makes us look good
1: <laughs> so so uh yeah the the second fight we picked, obviously, uh was the dragon fight, and the the dragon slaying uh, magic item is actually from the book um, from the adventure. Uh, there's a dragon slaying sword that the characters can find. And yeah, it it obviously helped quite a quite a bit. Being that there was only three of you in the party, taking on an adult dragon, white uh, dragon uh, was pretty tough. Uh, yeah, so you all you all got to the top of a, a ruined keep, and there was a giant. Had to
2: had to negotiate the the snow and the ice made everything treacherous, so we had to like make yeah. you know dex checks to keep our feet. Um, the dragon didn't have to worry about any such thing, which is appropriate. You know, number one, he was flying for a good deal of it. Number two, I mean, being a, um, a white dragon, you know, I don't, snow and ice really that seemed to be something we should worry about.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, that was one thing that I'll give the adventure credit for is they, they made they describe the tactics that the white dragon uses. uh, And Mm. it was actual, you know, intelligent uh, to some degree tactics. Um, I've always yeah. The fight
2: was not one of those static. I stand here. Todd stood there and we just kept making roles. We had to, we moved around. We were retreating half the fight. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. It followed us back inside to where we had first come up. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, it was dynamic. I liked it.
1: Yeah, the, the fact that you goaded the dragon in, into the building uh, really was, was how you defeated it for sure.
2: Um,
1: which uh, was one of the things in the adventure is like one of the possibilities that uh, white dragons apparently aren't that intelligent. So uh, getting it angry and, and uh, running inside was a good way to get it to come in after you. So that you could attack it immediately. Uh, the, we- the breath weapon was devastating. Yeah, uh, definitely yeah. was trying to
2: avoid that. Mm. Uh,
1: yeah, you all got hit twice with that. is that right, if I remember correctly?
0: Yeah, I think that's what eventually took me down. Yeah. And almost, almost perma-dead.
1: I think I, I remember like it was 45 points of damage, which is another um, good point about the death saving throw that everybody makes fun of but if you're in the area of effect of a breath weapon you just fail a death save
0: yeah yeah uh, people overlook that uh the unconscious characters automatically fail death save if something would happen to uh stab them or if they were caught in the area of effect of another spell Yeah, so
1: just like every other edition, if you play it in an old-school way, it's going to be old-school deadly.
0: Yeah. Well, it looks like we're running a little long for this episode, so we're going to split it into two parts. So we will sign off from the extravagant Gateway Games and more studios with some advice from the Good Advice Dwarf. Never split the party. Don't fire into melee.
2: Listen and check for traps. See ya. See you guys.